1: there is a way that seems right to a man but the end of that way is death so what is it the way it seems right that ends to death is it a narrow way or is it straight or is it broad you know in Matthew 7 verse 13 and 14 Jesus said strive to enter in the straight gate straight is the gate narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it broad is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many go that way. Truth is not determined
0: by popular vote. Just because the trend of culture leads one direction does not justify it as right. As Pastor Dave reminds us in today's message, the path towards heaven and intimacy with God is a narrow one. And it requires faith in Jesus alone. It can't be found in anything else. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 19 as he continues his message Jesus is the way. You are sure.
1: That's what Paul was doing those days. But I don't think these Jews got the whole picture. They were in the fog, so to speak. They were only getting half the story. And as I studied these verses, I zeroed in on the one word. And You can see the word as we look at verse 9. You can see that word I zeroed in on. And to get a glimpse of what Paul was telling us, let's look at this. It says, but some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude." They spoke evil of the way. Their hearts became hard as Paul was telling them the way to eternal life. The scripture tells us that Paul spent three months there. Three months as he declared Christ and him crucified. For three months he declared that Jesus was the only way, the truth, and the life. Paul told them that Jesus Christ was the only way to God. And I'm sure he didn't tell them that it was by keeping the law. I'm sure he didn't tell them it was by circumcision. I'm sure that he told him it was by faith alone. And I'm sure he said that the only way to God was by faith. The only way to God was to accept God's grace, the gift of salvation. Believe upon Jesus by faith. And believe that Jesus came to reconcile the world back to God, which was the Messiah's job. It's this beautiful passage in 2 Corinthians of Paul's writing to the Corinthian church for the second time in, in chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. You may know the first verse, but let's listen to the rest. Beginning in verse 17 of chapter 5, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ I love verse 17. I love the promise. It says, if anybody be in Christ, if anyone be in Christ, and the Greek word for anyone means anyone, all, whosoever, whosoever. This is a promise for anyone who is in Christ. This is not a promise for someone who is in themselves. This is not a promise for someone who is in the religion of men or someone who is in something else or someone else. It's a promise for those who are in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. These men in the synagogue knew that in order to be reconciled with God, they thought they must obey the commandments of God. They must be blameless. They must obey the traditions of their fathers. That's what they thought. Knowing this, I'm sure Paul told them that the only way to forgiveness of sin was through Jesus Christ. Paul told these men that by faith in Christ is the only solution for the problem that has plagued man ever since Adam. One problem that we all face ever since Adam, it's called sin. And I'm sure Paul told him that as the problem that we have faced and that Christ is the only solution for that problem, the problem is sin. You know the Roman's road. Paul said in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But sin leads to another problem. It's another problem that we will all face. It's another problem that we are all destined to see. And that problem is death. Because Paul declared in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. I'm sure Paul told him that Christ became sin. He, God, made him, Christ, to be sin who knew no sin. Why? So that we could be reconciled to God. Christ became sin for us. But then I can see Paul telling them that there's a way out of sin. There's a way out from your sin. There's a way to God. And the way to forgiveness of sin and the way to eternal life is Jesus Christ. He says that at the end of 6.23 in Romans. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So through Jesus, God provides forgiveness of sin. It's a way to forgiveness of sin. We studied Ephesians 1, verse 7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The Apostle John writes in his first epistle, in 1 John 4, verses 9 through 10, In this the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Christ became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be reconciled with God. Jesus is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the way to eternal life. It's that simple. But Jesus is the way to so much more. So much more. I hate to use my favorite cliche, but all this and salvation too. We spoke last week about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the way to the Holy Spirit. We read in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you in remembrance of all things that I said to you. You know, Jesus didn't have a fortune to leave his followers, but he gives them a gift that can't be bought the presence of the Holy Spirit the Comforter. Jesus is the way to our comfort. Jesus is the way to the Holy Spirit. You see where this passage is going. You see where I'm going with all this. Jesus is the way to our peace. In Ephesians 2, 14, Paul says, for he himself is our peace. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is our peace. He's made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Jesus actually says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Or He said it again. Jesus gives his presence as peace. The commentator A. Kempis said, All men desire peace, but very few desire those things that make for peace. You desire peace? Everybody wants peace. Everyone wants to have that peace. How many defeated lives would buy the power of the Holy Spirit if they could? How many distraught souls would buy the peace of Jesus if they could? These can't be bought, but Jesus gives them as gifts to his people. He is the way to the Holy Spirit. He is the way to peace. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. He comforts us when we have these Problems in our lives, these words that come as meaningful, these comforting, let not your heart be troubled. These gifts don't grant us exemption from troubles and storms, but these gifts promise us that we're going to have power and peace in the midst of the storm. We're not exempt from storms. We're not exempt from trials, from problems. But if you have Christ, you have peace in the midst of the trial. You have peace in the midst of the storm as he's ever with you. Is your heart troubled today? Is your heart broken today for some reason? Do you need the comfort of Jesus Christ in your life today for something going on in your life? Do you need the peace that only He can give to you today in your life? It can only be found in Jesus Christ because He is the way to peace. He is the way Of our peace. No, in fact, he is our peace. As we struggle in this life, there come times when we we need that comfort, when we need that peace, because life is so difficult and it's so hard, and we get downtrodden, and we don't understand why things happen. Why do good things happen to good people? And why do bad things happen to bad people? But bad things happen to good people too. Why is there death? Why do people have to die? Why is there sickness? We get tangled up in these things. But Christ is our answer to these things. Christ is the answer and wants to comfort us. Let not your hearts be troubled, he said. Don't be troubled about these things. I said earlier that some people preach that Jesus is the way to a better life, and they're right. They're right when they preach that part of it. Jesus is the way to a better life. He said in John 10:10, 10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. Speaking of the devil, Satan. But I, Jesus said, have come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. He doesn't promise us a life of luxury or wealth, but he assures us that the Father cares for his children. Look what he says in Matthew 6, 31 and 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. He says that he has a more significant things for you, and that he is more sufficient for those things for those who would follow him. he says in matthew ten twenty nine and thirty one Are not two sparrows sold for a cup of corn? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Do we realize what we have in Christ? He is the way to so many things. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And even under the most dire circumstances, we can be comforted by his love. Look what Paul writes from a Roman prison in Philippians. In Philippians 4, not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be to base and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The way to our strength is Christ. The way to love is Christ. The way to joy is Jesus. He is the way to joy. In John fifteen nine through 11, Jesus tells his disciple, As the Father has loved me, I saw also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy be full. Now, who doesn't want joy? Who doesn't want the joy of the Lord in their life? Who doesn't want that happiness, that joy, that joy unspeakable, where you walk around with that silly grin on your face for no reason at all, in the midst of crazy times, in the midst of all kinds of things that are happened, but you have such joy because you know the Lord is your strength. If something happens to you drastically, you're going to see him in heaven. You'll see him face to face. You know you're living in a win-win situation. That joy, that unspeakable joy that's in our heart from Jesus Christ, He is our joy. Paul tells the Romans in Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we talked about last week, that power of the Holy Spirit. Where is that found? In believing. In believing in who? In believing in Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the way to our joy. Jesus is the way to God. He's the way to forgiveness of sin, the way to eternal life, the way to the Holy Spirit, to peace, comfort, life, the way to a better life, and the way to our joy. Do you know that Jesus is also our rest? He's also the rest in which we rest into. And he tells us, don't harden your hearts, and don't fail to enter into the rest that Christ has given us, that rest is. That beautiful rest of God, resting from our works. What kind of works? The works to be righteous. The works to try to get to righteousness. i got to do this, and i got to do this, and i got to do this. i got to obey this law. I have to do that. No. You have to believe upon him whom he sent. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. But these guys in the synagogue that day, they hardened their heart. They hardened their heart towards the things that Paul was saying. Even when they heard the rest of the message, even when they got the big picture, they still hardened their heart. Paul showed these men that were gathered in the synagogue that Jesus is the way. He was the only way. He spent three months with them, arguing, declaring, reasoning, convincing, preaching, and persuading them. But the verse says that some were hardened and didn't believe. And then they began to speak evil of the way. After three months, their hearts grew hard. The Greek word here is sklerono. It means to render stubborn, disbelief and disobedient. Each time Paul would speak, their their hearts would grow harder, and they would speak evil of the way. They would speak evil of Jesus as being the Messiah. Their hearts grew hard. What did Paul say that would make this happen? He was there for three months. Did they start getting hard when he mentioned the cross? Because we know from Scripture that the cross was a stumbling block for the Jews. Or did it start when Paul mentioned the resurrection? And that Jesus was the way to eternal life, the only way. We know that. That Jesus is the way to eternal life. To quote John three sixteen seventeen, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Men didn't believe. Some of the translators said they were obstinate. They were obstinate in their heart. Their hearts were hardened to the things of God, and they didn't want to know. Then they go out and they try to convince the multitude that Paul was a false teacher, that he was going against the traditions of their fathers and teaching contrary to the law. They go out and try to stir up trouble. This happens so often. Some will not believe. Some hearts will be hard, and they immediately come against the truth. They immediately come against what's being taught, and they go out and they try to poison the minds of others so that others won't hear the truth. This got so bad that Paul had to make arrangements to teach the word elsewhere. And he leaves. Look at verse 9b in our study. He departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Paul has to move to a different location because they throw him out of the synagogue. So he finds a school which is run by a Gentile by the name of Tyrannus. You know, there's an ancient, but it's not inspired writing that basically said Paul held his meetings at the school of Tyrannus from 11 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. This would have been the time when most people were in their siesta, the work, resting from work time. But we know that Paul worked to support himself while he was in Ephesus, These were the off hours for the school. So Paul would work, and then during the off hours, he would have these trainings and these meetings and these teachings, and then he would go back to work. This move may seem real insignificant, but it shows to me Paul's willingness to press forward and press onward even in the face of persecution and adversity. Paul found a way. No, let me back up. God found a way, even amidst persecution and adversity. Suffering any kind of persecution lately? None of you are going through any adversity, I'm sure. God will find a way. God will find a way through the adversity. God will find a way through the trials, through the tribulations. Paul was determined in his heart to accomplish that which God had called him to do. Paul was determined that nothing was going to stop him. Nothing that he would do the work that God had called him to do regardless of the price. He would work at tent making to support himself during the day, and he would teach at night. And as we look at the final verse in our study, it says, that this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Greeks and Jews. Look at the results. It says that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of Jesus. And many believed during these two years... When this was going on, there are many, many, many people who believe that the seven churches that are mentioned in Revelations 2 and 3 were formed during this time. Many believe that those seven churches were established during this time by Paul's teaching. This is an amazing feat. What a feat. And here we see the true servant heart of Paul, the true pastor heart of Paul, and the true missionary heart of Paul. Let me close this morning by asking you, which is your way? Which way are you following? You know, you look at Proverbs 14.12 and Proverbs 16.25, it says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is death. So what is it the way it seems right that ends to death? Is it a narrow way or is it straight or is it broad? You know, in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, Strive to enter in the straight gate. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. Broad is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many go that way. There may be a way that's right to you. There seems a way that's right to man. But it leads to death. People may come to you and go, All roads lead to God. All roads lead to God. If you haven't heard that, you might. All roads lead to God. Not according to Jesus Christ. When he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. All roads may lead to God, but what God? Which God are you serving? See, there's only one path that leads to the Father. There's only one faith that leads to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. That way that seems so right to you, that way that seems so right to you, Contrary to God's word, that leads to death. That leads to destruction. If you're walking in any other way than Jesus Christ, you're walking in a path that's ultimately going to end up in death, which could mean separation from God. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one way to God. There's only one way to the forgiveness of sins. There's only one way to eternal life. There's only one way in receiving the Holy Spirit. There's only one way to a better life. There's only one way to peace, one way to joy, It's not through programs, and it's certainly not through self-help books. Except if you're reading the best self-help book. The way to those things is through Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. It's not by my own power and my own strength. It's not my ability to keep rules and regulations, nor is it my ability to mutilate my flesh, to satisfy an ancient ancient covenant that no longer exists between us and God. Only by Jesus Christ. Only by Jesus Christ. I have to ask you, if you placed your faith in him today, maybe you have. Maybe you have, but you're struggling. Maybe you've placed your faith in Christ, but you're struggling because you need his comfort, you need his peace, you need his power to overcome something. Jesus is the way to that. Jesus is the way. Whatever it is in your life, submit it to him. Salvation first and foremost. But submit the rest to him. Let him guide. Let him provide. Let him lead. Let him teach. He's the only way. If you're following a different way, you're on the wrong path. I'm here to tell you today that you need to get on the right path the right path is Christ.
0: When Jesus left earth following his resurrection, his followers weren't sure what was next. They had instructions from their Lord and Savior, but not much else. However, they chose to trust that what Jesus said was true and was going to change their lives. It did. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to minister to the world in ways they'd never have been able to do on their own. Is Jesus asking you to follow his instructions today? Maybe he's only given you a piece of the journey, or maybe he's asking you to wait. Take a cue today from the members of the early church. Trust Jesus to come through with his promises and change your life. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope. We'd like to hear from you and learn how we can be praying for you. So please give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series in the Book of Acts, you'll find them at assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with your friends and family. You can also receive a CD copy of today's message by calling us. Again, our number is 609-884-5821. That's all we have time for today. We're so glad we can share God's Word with you through this ministry. Pastor Dave will have more to share from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Acts. So we hope you'll join us again right here on A Sure Hope.